Today's episode is brought to you by Five Line Designs. Bring your brand to light with Five Line at fivelinedesigns.com. Here at Five Line, we like to ask, what can we do for you? We're here to help you and your business grow from all angles. Whether it's building the voice of your brand, redesigning your assets, or building out a website, Five Line is here to help you step your game up and beat out the competition. No matter what stage you're in, whether you're just starting or you've been up and running for many years, make your next move your best move by working with Five Line. You won't regret it. Schedule a meeting to see what we can do for you today at fivelinedesigns.com. Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us, Sean. How are you feeling? Feeling great and excited to talk about franchising this week. Yes, indeed. All right. To our audience out there today, so today's episode, we're going to talk about franchising, what is uh, franchising? What are the process and steps to starting a franchise? What are some of the pros and cons? What are some of the requirements? And just kind of discussing if starting a franchise business is right for you on your path and on your business journey. We'll also get into uh, our personal opinions and takes on uh, a franchise. While there are multiple benefits that uh, a franchise will allow, there are also some disadvantages as well. So it will be up to you to kind of decide which direction you would like to go on that side. So I guess this is just first kind of start off when in discussing what a franchise is and what it, you know, what it entails as a whole. Most people, you know, when they think of franchise, Sean, what do you usually think about when you think about franchise or you hear the word franchise? I mean, first thing I think of is Golden Crust, uh, McDonald's, uh-huh. Wendy's, you know, just your typical fast food spots. Um is what I think of immediately. Exactly, exactly. And I think most people would associate a franchise with that as well. So, yeah. So, generally speaking, one of the more popular franchises out there is McDonald's. I'm glad you mentioned Golden Crust because we're going to we're gonna circle back on that <laughs> later on about uh, that. But Golden Crust is a, a franchise as well, franchise business, um, Subways. Um, and I think you mentioned Dunkin' Donuts, right? No, nah, I said Wendy's. But yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, I think, is the same parent company, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. So, for from a technical you know, definition, what is a franchise? So, a franchise business is a business where indiv- individual entrepreneurs such as, you know, Sean or myself, you know, we're able to use the rights to a larger company's business, you know, using their name, their logo, and their products to operate an individual location. So, in a case like this... M- you know, as an independent entrepreneur, I would be able to go to a McDonald's or a Subway and open up a new store under that brand name using their logo, their products and, and everything. But I am paying them a license and a, or a royalty fee in order to use their likeness and their name for my individual location and in business. Right. So uh, the franchiser, the franchiser is the owner of the larger corporation who sells the rights to license their business and franchise to the third party owner, which would be me and the operator of the business. Anything you want to add to that? Only that, um, you know, people, when when you explain a franchise, um, a lot of the, I guess, questions I hear and responses, well, why would I pay somebody to open a restaurant when I could do it myself? And really, I mean, at least from my perspective, and I'd love to hear yours, is that when you're doing a franchise, you've, you're really, half of the marketing is done for you because you're using a recognized brand that people already know. So you don't have to educate your audience on what this restaurant is, what they sell, what their menu is. All that groundwork is already done for you. 
Right. Um, so that's one. So we'll definitely get into that, the pros and the cons and why would you. Uh, so maybe just might want to step back a little bit on the history of franchising. Right. So right. And in today's times, we usually associate it with the McDonald's and the fast food joints. But there's franchises that uh, operate in the cleaning industry as well. You know, the laundromat industry, like there's franchises that lends itself to nearly any business industry that's out here right now. Um the first documentation or reporting of the franchise was, uh, I think, uh, in 1800s, 1850s, with Isaac Singer, who was the creator of his sewing machines. Uh, he created these the, the sewing machine, but wanted to instruct customers on how to use them. So since he couldn't be at one place at one time, he started selling the licenses to entrepreneurs in different parts of the country. And, you know, it, it, was, it laid the groundwork for what we know as the modern a day example of franchising. There, there's different type of franchise models to also just to distinguish as well, right? right. Um, you, you usually have the product distribution uh, franchise and the business franchise format, right? So in the product distribution format, the franchisees, they sell or distribute all of the franchise products through a supplier-dealer relationship. So I am buying directly, you know, um, from the franchise, the franchisees directly, right? Um, I have to buy from their same uh, producers, distributors, uh, equipment, things like that. So those type of uh, franchise uh, models usually lends itself to the the automobile services. If you're like a soft soft drink, right? Equipment dealer, gas stations. So. You have a franchise, you're part of the family, and you know all the product and distribu- distribution, you are working directly with their network and their supplies and everything of that sort, right? Anything to that, Sean? No, no, but that's a good point you make, because I think feel like that's one of the forgotten franchises is is auto dealerships. Um, you know, Toyota, every Toy deal- Toyota dealership you go into, they pretty much have the same, you know, setup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and in a business format franchise, uh, the the franchise license their brand to a franchisee for use with you know there's already a predetermined way of conducting businesses protocol and so and so forth, so forth like that usually you'll see that along the lines of like a McDonald's or a Subway or a restaurant usually when you're buying a franchise under a, a business format uh, setup everything is pretty much templated and modeled to tell you how to run and operate your individual franchise location right so there's not much uh, guesswork and wiggle room that you need to kind of figure out along those lines, right? Uh, Sean, sure. anything there? No, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like you have the structure of the business laid out for you, and really your job is to put up the capital and follow the instructions. All right, definitely, definitely. So, all right, so let's circle back. So what was the, the question you was asking early on as far as uh, why start one or why get into it or... Yeah, that's just kind of some of the some of the criticism slash questions, you know, apprehension from people is, well, why would I open up a franchise that I have no say over the creative over or, you know, I have no say over the logo, the branding, things like that. You know, I can start my own. And my response is usually that, you know, yes, that's true. But you're also thinking it's self-marketed because it's already a recognized brand for the most part or or it's a brand with multiple locations with an established, you know, uh, set of set of uh, brand guides and set of things that make it recognizable to the audience you're trying to capture. So you do save, your, save yourself in some uh, marketing costs because 
it comes with built-in marketing because you're using a name that already exists. And usually a company is not going to franchise unless they reach a certain amount of popularity. Generally speaking, that's not always the case. But um, generally speaking, if they reach a level of popularity, that's when they're like, okay, let's franchise this so we can expand. The, the, good, the, the thing about business, which I'm, I'm always you know appreciative of, is that there's more than one way to be successful in business, right? And it's really more about knowing yourself and your temperament and your own business style, right? So in the case of why why invest in a franchise, like you said, there's a few advantages. Usually the franchise, because you're not starting from scratch, you're not creating your own business from scratch, you're buying into an established company and network, you are, you're going to be supported usually out the gate. Right, you, you you're buying into a franchise, so the person that your the company that you're franchising for, they're going to offer you a level of support and the benefits of having a big network, business network that you probably don't have already. Right, I think we talk about it a lot. A lot of people that start their own businesses, one of their biggest um, you know feedback and response on some of the struggles is usually getting the support of people, people supporting their business, whether not just friends and families, but the regular community and customer base. So going into a, uh, a business operation that is a franchise already kind of allows you the, um, you know, the ownership, but as well as the network and the resources that you probably wouldn't get out the gate starting on your own. Would you agree? Yeah, very true. You already have, you know, uh, a machine that's already been working, an engine that's already been running that you're just kind of, you know, jumping on top of. Right, right. Um, you know, another benefit of, of, of buying a franchise is that, to be told, you, you don't necessarily need business experience to run a franchise, right? Um, in a lot of cases, the franchisers will provide the training you need to operate their business. Like, they're going to give you basically a manual and a template uh, for you to kind of follow the guideline and book. So, obviously... If you have business experience, that's great, but it's not necessarily a prerequisite. If you can follow instructions and, and train, you know, training, then you can pretty much set yourself up to succeed uh, prior. Whereas, you know, for that same amount of money, you know, someone may decide to take that same money that's needed for to create a franchise and say, well, let me let me go to a business college instead and get the education instead. That that would be a trade off in this scenario. Right. So I think it all goes back to your point about personal preference and what your business style is you know if you're a white horse leader and you'd like to be hands-on and be kind of a micromanager um franchising might not be for you because there's a lot of protocols that you have to follow and you don't really have the leeway to make your own decisions but if you're great at following instructions and following through with a plan and a business plan then franchising probably is for you you know as i was doing my research this this made me raise my eyebrow, you know, they, and it's made, this may have been by, written by someone that was pro-franchise, uh, but, you know, they have a higher rate of success than startup businesses. I know that's not fake numbers. That's actually true. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, right, <laughs> because that also goes to your personal um, style of starting businesses. But yes, franchises does have a higher rate of success than startup businesses for the most part. Again, I think that lends itself because you're already buying into a network of uh, other other business owners. You're buying into a corporation that's it's in their best interest to help you succeed. There's more support and more tried and true methods that shows a proven track of success than a startup business where you, uh, in a lot of cases you're trying to figure out and you're learning to make mistakes along the way as you start that business. So from a financing perspective about franchises, you know, you 
because you decide to uh, get involved and buy a franchise, you would find it the path to securing financing from a bank is usually easier than to get a loan or something of, of that sort of get financing to start up your own business that isn't part of a franchise. So if, if that is a big area of concern uh, for you as far as financing and getting finance for your business, starting a franchise would allow you a higher probability of getting approved for financing. Right. And I think that's a perfect um, segue into what I wanted to kind of talk about is the costs, right? The startup costs, because um, generally speaking, uh, starting a franchise, uh, which is a business that's already been established, um, it's going to run you a lot more upfront than it would necess- maybe starting your own business from scratch. That is true. So the, the startup costs for a franchise are definitely higher. You know, I, if, if I mean, to buy a McDonald's franchise in 2020, I think on the low end would be a million dollars and can go upward to two to three million dollars, depending on the location and the property and the type of McDonald's operation. Right. But of course, McDonald's is if we're thinking about it, McDonald's is one of the top tier franchises. So that price point is going to be a little higher. Right. Um, But there are some franchises, I think, at minimum, depending on the type of operation, you can expect to invest around 10 to 100 K just to get in the game, which doesn't include additional licensing fees and and application fees. There's a lot of fees associated with it, right? And you you know, depending on the type of franchise you get involved with, there's definitely going to be uh you know, depending on that contract, it's always always important to look at the contract and understand what's going on. You will have to pay royalty rates and part of your profit. Like your profits aren't your profits. It's every everybody gets a little bit of a cut of, of the franchise fees and, and things like that. So the cost of entry is definitely much higher if you're trying to invest in a franchise. So this isn't going to be a scenario where you see a story or you might hear some of our other guests on the show who talk about uh you know, they started their own business by, you know, out their house with only $100 or $200. That is not going to be the case uh, in a franchise. You are definitely should expect to shell out uh, some nice, a nice chunk of change to get in the game, regardless of the business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no bootstrapping really in franchising. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, another advantage is that the reputation of the business that you are franchising with, you know, that comes with a, a bit of a, it comes with a cachet already that you don't necessarily have to work to build if it was your own company, right? Um, if you're going to start your own company, depending on who you are, depending on your network, you kind of have to work through the ranks and, and establish that reputation, your image, you know, proven track record, work process, what happens, pros and cons, you know, going to, going about things, saying, hey, well, you know, this wasn't the right way, so now I got to tweak my process. Uh, with a franchise, you know, all of that usually comes into play. You know, when you see those golden arches, you kind of know what you're expecting, expecting to get no matter which location you're at for the most part, right? You go to a Dunkin' Donuts, you go, it already comes with that reputation, already comes with that image. Um, the management and the work practices is pretty much the same. Obviously, there's some variation from location to locations, but it, uh, it, it, it's pretty consistent across the board, right? So you don't really have to do too much thinking in that area or think about how can you innovate 
so much in that area as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think both of us have some personal experience with this because you uh, in your in your days of youth, you worked at a franchise and I think I did, too, which is probably not one of the ones you would automatically think of. But I worked at CVS Pharmacy, which is definitely a franchise. So, so speak, speak to your uh, speak to your, your days at CVS and like maybe some of the process and things. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of it was kind of a hierarchy. Right. So you would have your store managers. You would have your general manager who like runs the, the, the I guess you would call the the municipalities and the, the areas. And then you got your, uh, you know, it was just a, a lot of layers and a lot of a uh, there's a corporate system tied into the franchising system. So, yes, you're an entrepreneur if you own your own store, but you still have a boss that you got to answer to and you still got a, uh, a corporate uh, structure that you have to follow. So um, it's kind of like a hybrid between having a nine to five and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So you worked at, at CBS. So I worked at McDonald's way back in the day. Um, and the the thing that I definitely picked up on as a friend, as it being a franchise business there were time like their process was so laid out, right? Their process on how to make the burgers, the the temperature, like we had manuals on how everything needed to run. It really wasn't that much room for flexibility. You couldn't just wing it, you know what I mean? Like the temperature, the time, it was very very precise in in regards to the operations and how the burger was made. And what I really thought was a uh, and you know, I was I was so young and wasn't really aware of business and in, in the world of business at the time to that level. Uh, you know, some of us got deployed to another location to help uh, open up another location uh, for a few months. And, you know, it was pretty much copy and paste, right? Like we helped open up this new, uh, new McDonald's location, but it wasn't much variance from how I worked at my home base location, right? Um, burgers were still made the same way, the same process, the fries, everything needed to be stored at a certain temperature you know, management, I mean, down to the uniform, right? So it's pretty much, I don't want to say fail proof, but the the room for error and to mess up was not that high because of the protocols that was already in place from the uh, corporation, the franchisor level, right? Right. And I kind of want to speak to my experience with CVS because um, similar to you, I was also I went from one store to another. My situation was a little different. And I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, the, the first CVS I worked out, worked at was in the mall. Um, so that was kind of where I got my feet wet in the industry, in, in the not industry, but in that franchise and learning the ropes. And then the that store closed and I was relocated to a store in my local neighborhood. But it like you said, the processes were all the same, like the way we brought in stuff out the back, the way we stocked the shelves, the way we faced the aisles, as they call it. That's uh, that is just making everything look nice and neat on the aisles. All that protocol was the same. Um, but really, really what stuck out to me as a kid when I was working there was that the store that I originally worked at in the mall, the cost of the rent in the mall was so high, was which is why they had to close. Right. Corporate didn't wasn't making enough didn't see enough profit coming out of that location for the rent they were paying so they decided to close and that's the situation kind of what i alluded to where it's like you could be running your business to the t but if the numbers just don't work out for the whole organization you know your your particular store may be a casualty of that so i'm curious what you think of that kind of aspect of having a store in one location versus another you guys have the same protocols but you may be uh at running at a loss because of the rent or whatever it may be. Right. And that's going to have, that's going to really happen with any business, right? Like it could, you could have two businesses running at different locations 
in, in general, we might say these are successful businesses, but there's various factors, the rent, foot traffic, uh, you know, profit. There's so many variables that the same exact business will be successful in one place and not successful in another. So in your case of the CVS, you know, it, it, the CVS franchise is a successful franchise, but that location that they picked and where they uh, set it up at, you know, just didn't allow it to be as successful as the, as their other locations and, and things like that. And that's just going to happen. Nothing is guaranteed in business, right? You know, you just try to assess all the risk, minim minimize as much as possible, and then execute and then, you know, make adjustments as needed. But in a case like that, obviously, a rent in the mall is going to have a, a, a impact as opposed to maybe having it on a, on a regular street or something like that. Right. And as right. we know, the, the state of malls in general, the mall business in general in America is, is dismal right about now. So, you know, that's not going to be the greatest place to put it at. Right. Um, right. So that is definitely a disadvantage. And also, and in, in the case that you spoke about, you may not necessarily have control on whether that business stays open or close, right? Uh, because you're already paying out all these fees already because you're in a franchise or franchisee agreement. So it could be a situation where maybe if you were your own independent business, you could survive if the numbers were working in, in, in a similar manner. But because you're paying out so many uh, fees and, and you're under a model where you don't have that much flexibility to make changes to your business because you're beholden to the franchise or agreement, it will put you at a disadvantage where you may have to close down. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So like things like changing suppliers, changing, uh, changing, you know, your inventory, things like that, you have very little control over. So, and just out just to, to wrap up the CVS portion, um, you know, that location, heavy foot traffic, cause it's in the mall in the early two thousands. Right. But, um, that's not enough. Um, you know, the foot traffic and the the kind of sales that that particular uh, CVS was making did still didn't justify the rent, regardless of the foot traffic, right? So it's just it's really like you said, you can't necessarily control what uh, the franchisor is gonna do uh, with the overall structure of the business. So, and I'm sure we can all attest to this. Just to be clear, doesn't necessarily mean every location is gonna run and operate the same, like. You know, I speak highly of the McDonald's that I worked at. You know, I know a lot of people may have a bad perception of fast food as a whole, and, and that's fine. But I always said, you know, growing up, that McDonald's I worked at, whatever their process and how they moved was one of the cleanest McDonald's I worked at. Like, I would eat there if I wasn't an employee there, right? But I've been to other McDonald's, and I'm like, what is going on here, <laughs> right? Like, uh, there's still a, a form of there's still a sense of, 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 of uniform practice and protocol, but it's not necessarily executed as well, right? Right. It comes down to the execution of the franchisee at that point. Yeah, exactly. So what what it, what it does allow is some level of some consistency across the board, but it will still, you know, in some ways be dependent on the individual on, on a certain level, right? So, all right. So then, okay, let's talk about, we, we, we I think we did a good job of, addressing a few of the advantages but you know we've we're leaning more into the disadvantages right um so again if you're not the most uh flexible person you like to do things your way you're not really trying to get a lot of input then this might put you at a disadvantage because franchise agreements they dictate how you run a business so there's very little room for flexibility and creativity 
again, we talked about the, the restrictions on how you operate, you know, the products you sell and the suppliers. You really can't be introducing new products to the market for your location, trying nope. to get, no, can't get fancy with it. You know, you're really locked in in a strict um, uh, agreement with the franchiser, right? Right. But one of the areas, and you were probably going to touch on this, is where you do have um, some control is the staff and the employees. Right. So you do you do have control over that and, and who you staff the, your, your store with, who's in your management uh, team and things like that. So th- there is some level of control that you can have, but j- just not on a granular level that you would hope for or expect for most people that are starting their business. I think a lot of people that go that startup path, they definitely like to have control over everything, even if it can be overwhelming. They like to know they can have that control where in, in, in a franchise agreement a scenario, you really don't have that type of control. Right. Uh, so yeah, just on your staff. So hopefully you train them to the best of the abilities to execute well and uh, put your business in the best possible light. Yeah. And I'm just um, based off assumption, I've never owned a franchise myself, but just I could see that being like a really hard skill that you developed is, interview, you know, how to interview people, how to judging of character and judging of employees. I feel like being a franchise owner, if you're if you're the franchise owner that also doubles, I guess, as a general manager of your store or whatever it is or your restaurant and you're actually active in hiring the employees versus, you know, hiring someone to do that for you, you probably would learn quickly the kind of employees that will make your franchise one the way you want it to run. So. Right. I, I do think it probably puts, as a franchise owner, it would probably put you in a position where you have to be more in tune on who to hire, the right people, who to hire, when to hire, and also knowing when to kind of back up a bit, right? Whereas I think when a lot of people start their own startup businesses, uh, they are so hands-on, especially early on because they're building that business, they don't necessarily know when to back away and let other people, uh, you know, set up those processes so that the business can run without them, right? Where in a franchise scenario, you kind of have to do that right out the gate. You don't really, you can't be, if you're a McDonald's, on a McDonald's, you can't be flipping burgers, doing the fries and the shake all at once. You know, uh, you can't do all those things at once. You have to make sure that you are staffing your team with the right people. Whereas on a non-franchise side of things, if you're starting your own business out your room, you're doing everything, sales, marketing, advertising. And as you get bigger, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to pull out. Another another thing taking consideration um, similar to what you were saying about the two different locations, because your your reputation is also dependent on other franchise locations, and you don't really have control over that, right? Uh, if you have a, I know we keep using McDonald's. If you have a Seven Eleven at one spot, but this other, but if Seven Eleven is generally known as a place that provides bad business service, you're guilty by association. The reputation is just going to be you're branded with that out the gate because you're associated with this franchise business. Right. It's kind of like that analogy they use about you're the only as safe as the safest driver on the road. It's almost equivalent to the franchise, right? You could be running your franchise spot on, but if someone went to that dirty uh, 7-Eleven or that dirty McDonald's, that dirty CVS, when they walk in yours, you know, 
a they, they might have a perception before they walk in you know so i guess it, there's there's scenarios where it could work to your advantage because i remember um not to boast about our cvs but we were one of the cleanest ones i remember people would always compliment us on wow your floors are always vacuumed didn't think that was a big deal at the time but i guess other ones weren't doing it as much um so we did so people uh would go out of their way to come to our cvs because of the customer service so it's kind of a double-edged sword right you you take on the reputation of the franchise as a whole so if the whole franchise has a bad reputation your store is going to carry that but you have ways to make yourself uh stand out if it's if you're providing uh customer service at a high level higher than some of your uh contemporaries in the franchises indeed for sure for sure i would say so and then again so um another point to to uh to take into consideration is you know if you buy a franchise it means you have to share the profits with the franchisor. You know, it's ongoing sharing profits with the franchisor. And, you know, you might start feeling away after a while, right? Like, why am I still cutting the check to this uh, person? But that is the agreement that you uh, go into with a franchisor. So, you know, the more successful you are, the more successful your franchise and your location is, the bigger of the check you will have to cut. So it's in your best interest to make your franchise successful and, and profitable, but just knowing that the bigger the check, the bigger the profits, the more of a cut, you know, you're going to have to share with the franchisor, right? Right. And now do we, uh, I, I mean, based on some of my research, I've seen that the cuts can go up to as high as like four four point five percent of uh, your sales profits, right? Um, what are some what are some of like uh, some of the things you've seen in terms of how much money you have to pay back to the franchisor? Yeah. I mean, it's right in line with, with what you just said, around four to five percent, you know, again, Every franchise has different terms and conditions, so that really is going to, as you look into it, do your due diligence to see what is the best rates and what's going on for you. Um, you know, the entry cost is high already, so if you think about that entry cost as well as how much of the profits you have to uh, uh, provide to the franchisor, you might start thinking, I don't think this is the path I want to go, right? Um, again, it really depends on your personal temperament you know um i know for some people they go because it is uh they like to know that there's going to be steady profits generated right it's more of an investment play like hey i invest a million dollars into this i know i'm going to be guaranteed you know maybe seventy five thousand in profit a year so maybe after x amount of years of operation they're working in a profit it's a little bit more of a stable vehicle for their investments and to keep cash generated and for them to also be like well i'm also providing jobs and part of the community so it really you know your your, your reasoning and, and your motivation for getting into it you need to really assess on your own on why you would want to do this right right so yeah uh i will say if it can seem as a simple way to to get into business, right? Especially if it's your first time, you it, it might be a way saying, "Hey, I don't want to have to do all the legwork of starting my own business first, so why don't I just, you know, let me just get into a franchise." But just to be clear, it's it's still no guarantee. All businesses, there's no guarantee, right? It's still going to require that decision making, time work, uh, time time management. Uh, serving the customer as well. All those principles still apply whether you're in a franchise or as a startup. What, based off what we've discussed so far, you know what the uh, pros and the cons and, and 
things to take into consideration. Are you pro-franchise or anti-franchise? Conceptually, I'm very pro-franchise. I just like the idea of kind of, you know, you're, you're standing on a shoulder of giants. You, you, you have a franchise that's been established, made the mistakes and broken through as a household name. And you're able to take, you know, take that in and build off of that. So conceptually, I do love the idea of franchises. Um, I do know there are some criticisms out there. I do know there are a lot of cons that we already discussed and, um, and I do know it's not for everybody, but for me personally, um, I am pro franchise. Uh huh. I see. Well, I'm gonna have to counter you, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit of a caveat. I am not. I'm not anti franchise. I'm not anti franchise for, but for my own personal, uh, my temperament and how I like to do business, it probably wouldn't be top of my list to start a franchise, right? Um, I, I like to build stuff from from the ground up. I like to think through the ideas and, you know, get into the nitty gritty. Um, you know, I, that for me, part of that business journey is what I, I do enjoy. I don't really like things to be cookie cutter for me. Right. So from from that perspective, I'm like, uh, I don't really want to go into a scenario where I have to be told every single thing. I could see a scenario where I wouldn't be opposed to opening a franchise if if it was more of just an investment play, you know, if it's like, oh, well, I have a lot of liquid on this side of the block. I need to put it into some, what's a, what's a nice, safe, safe vehicle to put it into and, you know, stability and can offer some uh, guaranteed returns on, on profit over time. Then I could say, okay, let me invest in that and, you know, let it operate. But for me right now, where I'm, I like to be a lot of hands, hands on in a lot of things. Uh, and I like to make a lot of the decisions uh franchising probably is not going to work for me right now and at this point in my life and i would also say just for me the startup course i don't really like <laughs> i don't like the startup <laughs> course I'm, I'm like no i'm not now you get into the nitty-gritty that's what i figured you was yeah so i don't like the startup course i'd rather take my money and 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 do something of my own endeavor and you know whether i win lose or draw if i fail i fail and and i learn those lessons uh and i'm good and I'm, I'm here for another day as opposed to uh you know cutting a large check to be down with somebody else and i know that's, <laughs> that's how it sounds to me right it's like i gotta cut you a check to that's be down. literally what it is <laughs> be down with your crew i'm i create my own crew <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh that's kind of that's just my my energy uh and how i like to move so I like to just create my own stuff. And if I'm going to pay, you know, to get in with somebody, it just, it feels like a high cost of entry to be down with a, another crew. Uh, and I don't have that flexibility to make this. I don't have the autonomy. I don't, which I'm, I'm very big on having personally. I don't have a lot of that type of control that I would want in a business. And for these, for these entry calls, you know, a million to, to two, three million for McDonald's, and uh, you know, Seven Eleven uh, is a little bit lower. You, it, it's around forty to to a million to start. But you know, these franchise fees and, and to get in the game is is they're not low figures. So and for not me, at all. Not I, at all. I just personally, I just cannot really. <laughs> my something in my mental at this point in my life will not allow me to cut a check to be down with someone else's uh, operation. That's just me. Um, so yeah. And I think that's a lot of people agree with you on that aspect. A lot of people see that as not only as a hurdle, right, because coming up with the capital, but 
also it, it that's money you'll never necessarily see back right it's it's an investment yes but it's an investment in someone else's business so right right i will say though there are two franchises that i would consider uh buying um personally one would be uh golden crust and the other would be uh edible arrangements i've, I've i have looked into those operations and just you know just on the peripheral seeing what the startup costs are and what are the What's the procedure and, and things like that? Uh, can you speak more about edible arrangements? Because you know that's another one that I didn't necessarily think of because they're tip they're like an online business more than I mean yes they have uh, brick and mortar locations but you go online and you and you, you for the most part most people order those online so I didn't even think of those that's interesting that you even brought them up right so edible arrangements I'm I'm to me edible arrangements my research is at this point in the game truly truly uh, anecdotal <laughs> like it's just anecdotal. Um, I don't use them a lot like that. Like, and and the times that I have used them, it's really just been more as a, a gift. Congratulations to people that have achieved certain things, right? Um, I, I wasn't even fully aware of what they did or what they was about in the New York City area. But to me, I always felt like if someone gets you an edible arrangement, right? Like, just because of the price point, it holds some weight. It means they really care about you or something like that, right? Like, not only is it not cheap. I do think from a gift perspective, it's a unique type of a gift in a in situation that you can send to people. It, it's a little bit more different than the regular, you know, um, what are gifts that people get? Like balloons and, and stuff like that, right? You know, you get a nice little bouquet of, fru- mm-hmm. of fruits and chocolate and, and, and chocolate. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there is a sense of, to me, there's a sense of a, a thoughtfulness behind it, right? So... Over the years, I would just start seeing more locations popping up in New York City um, and, you know, doing more research. And, and the pri- the prices, the price point is a little high, but I think it's of a, of a certain quality. Like, I've, I've never had a, you know, a problem with these prices because I feel like it's a good value. But, you know, if you go through the process and you see the locations, I started realizing that a lot of people use, use them more than I thought. And then I met a brother who owns a edible arrangements <laughs> yeah, I met him a few years back and we just had a nice a nice talk about his whole process to uh opening it up and how it does and and, and the business that he gets and he was very happy and satisfied with with what was going on so it's always been back in my mind I'm not like again because I'm not actively looking to uh open up a franchise just from my conversations with him just from obs- my observation on seeing how they operate in New York um, it would be something that if I was going to consider uh, getting a franchise, they would be top of my list to research and get more. Again, his success story and his anecdotal experiences might be unique to him. I could easily talk to another owner and be like, oh, God, don't ever get into it. <laughs> right? So, However, Golden Crust, I have done a lot of research. I have like a whole folder of documents and, and things like that and what's needed it. And the prices and, and everything to get into to a Golden Cross operation. So that I would definitely put more effort into just the research and the cost. At the time, uh, this was a few years ago, I believe the by my calculations, you would need about a quarter of a million liquid to kind of get everything operating and, and, and functioning, opening a Golden Cross. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I might have to borrow that folder from you because similarly, Golden Crust is uh, like one of the franchises that I would also be interested in um, 
probably invest in it. simply just because I'm a frequent, uh, much to the chagrin of my authentic Jamaican family um, in law. Um, I'm definitely a frequenter of them. You know, I definitely go there and buy beef patties. So, you know, just being a consumer, I know the value of the business um, from that perspective. So that's something I would be interested in. But yeah, I might have to borrow that folder from you, see what's going on in the back end. So definitely, definitely. I will say, um, we, we could probably do a whole episode on Golden Cross. I have such a love-hate relationship with them, but then we'll save that for another day. But <laughs> in regards to certain businesses, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not pro-franchise, but um, if I had to consider to or, or, or say, hey, where would I start looking? Those would be my top two uh, um, businesses that I would look into, just seeing what the opportunities are. And then kind of taking it from there. And if I had to give a third option, um, and a few years ago, I did just I just did some surface level research on cleaning services. There's a lot of franchise cleaning businesses that you can start and 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 open up that you can get in at a lower, a considerably lower price point than the McDonald's and the restaurant type franchise operations as well. So yeah. So from a personal standpoint, is that really the biggest con for you? Is just the high cost of um, entry. Um, is in and, and follow up on that question. Is there another franchise that you is at the bottom of your list? You're like, I would never, even if I got granted a million dollars tomorrow, I would never open a franchise like that. Uh, huh. I don't. It. It's not that it's just the high cost of entry because I can probably just be like fine and eat that. I think it's the combination of the cost of entry and the lack of control. I would feel I would have being involved in it. Right. I feel right. like it's for me it's not the right trade off. If if you're tell if 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 you're telling me I would have to be, you know, um if I'm restricted in a lot of the moves and can't be as an innovative as I like to kind of move in a lot of my ventures and then I still have to pay this price point, I for me I don't really see the benefit for me right now cuz I like to get in, I like to roll my sleeves up and get involved in things. So it's the combination. The price alone doesn't deter me, but the price for what I'm getting doesn't really motivate me, so to speak. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I could see me, you know, as I said, I'm pro, but I could see me in the trenches being frustrated by the lack of control I would have over that situation. So um, I totally get where you're coming from. Right. Um, yeah, but like I said, to each his own, like that, that brother who I met and was talking to, it worked for him. He had no problem with it. And, you know, he, he's good to go, you know? So, um, so yeah, th- that's just from my stance, but who knows, you know, maybe as I get older, my energy level is not the same anymore. I don't have the time to be rolling up my sleeves and everything, you know, let's, uh, let's go. Right. Yeah. Might consider it. All right. Uh, so I think, you know, as far as franchises go, you know, when you're deciding, obviously there's a lot of factors to, to take into uh, into consideration. One being, do you, do you have the liquid in the capital to kind of get in the game? Are you willing to take on such a, f- a high financial risk, right? Um, what does that even entail? You know, a lot of these entry costs is equivalent to people's first homes and, or, or co- certain advanced college degrees. Yeah. No, no doubt. <laughs> maybe, maybe more than certain colleges, right? Exactly. So you know, you need to kind of take all of that into consideration uh, to see if, if if it's the right move for you. I, you know, considering that this show is about you know behind the scenes, the 
business uh stories and just kind of giving you the in and outs on what really goes on behind the scenes this you know speaking to the fact that i do like that you don't have to get a, a degree necessarily you don't have to have a degree i think that to me is kind of a big plus you know especially in the world where now uh, a master's is the new bachelor's right you don't necessarily need to have a business degree or business experience to uh to create to get in on a franchise but you just got to have that capital but it's like the chicken and the egg how do you get that capital right yeah totally and then you mentioned financing earlier through banks um so you said that process is a little bit easier than i guess going uh for a private loan yeah because you know you think about if you, it's going to be easier to go to a bank and say well i'm trying to get a loan or, or, or a loan business loan to open up a McDonald's location. McDonald's has the track record of success. And I don't think I've ever seen a McDonald's close, personally. You know, I feel like every, there was, no, excuse me, one McDonald's I've ever seen close. And that, I remember when I saw it closing down, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Just the shock that a McDonald's closed. Every McDonald's that I've ever seen open in all my life, when I can return to that same spot five, 10 years later, and it's still there, right? So a bank knows that they're going to be like, oh, you want to open up a McDonald's? Fine, let's give you this financing and, and, and capital to start. As opposed to saying, hey, I want to open up my own burger joint that nobody knows about or nobody heard about. We have no brand we have no recognition. We we have no track record. The bank is not going to you know, give you as much leeway and capital as they would knowing that you're trying to open up a McDonald's. Oh man, you coming at the burger craze right now? All the Shake Shacks and the the Five Guys that have been opening up the last couple of years. But see, even those spots have some type of recognition. If Shake Shack isn't a franchise, I'm not. Um, I don't think they are. But if they were, and somebody said I wanted to open up a Shake Shack, you would still be able to get financing because that is a brand recognizable company. If I was to say, "Hey, I'm opening up Danny's Burgers tomorrow," the bank is going to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> or what's my track record how do you know how do i what's my projections what's my forecast all of that type of stuff it's going to be a harder battle to get approval than saying hey i'm going to open up a mcdonald's and i'm working with these guys over here i think you might have heard of them you know there's just a lot of factors to consider and it really is going to boil down to what your goals are you know there you will be the boss of your franchise but you're going to have to answer someone else in theory we all answer to someone else even when you have your own business it's really going to be um your temperament and what level of control and having a boss you're okay with right um will this franchise be the main source of your income or supplement to your current income that's i think that's a big thing a big question to identify like what is the goal of this franchise if it's supplemental then you know you're going to deal with it very different if you're like this is my main income anybody who started their own business will tell you you're going to have to work a lot of hours right so it won't be the 40-hour scenario. It won't just be I'm working during the operating hours. You are going to really have to put in that work. Also, think of your finances, your overall income. Is there a certain amount of income you need from this business to help you live your lifestyle? Like Those kind of questions you kind of need to take into consideration. And is there a reason? Like some people's like it's always been a dream of mine to, you know, to do this or to have one. And some people's like it's just an investment. All those things, right? And what are your abilities? What are your abilities? Because some franchises may lend itself to have more of a technical experience or 
a home repair uh, experience or your tax expert you know experience you know you can buy an H&R block or create start one but uh, do you have any tax preparation experience or you're just going to hire everybody, you know? So there's uh, definitely a lot of factors to take into consideration, right? Definitely. And like you said in the beginning, it's all really about your personal preference and what's your strength, right? You have to kind of go in there knowing what you want to do and what you can do. All right. So I think that about wraps it up for, uh, this week's episode uh, about franchising. Uh, hopefully we were able to provide you with a nice little overview on what it is, what it isn't, some pros and some cons. Also, some you know some starter steps on what to think about and consider if you are trying to uh, start a franchise, or maybe you know help. Hopefully, it helped you maybe identify that this might not be it for you. But regardless, um, good luck in your journey on your startup and then on your business grind as a whole. Yeah. And, you know, just for the record, to recap, I'm pro franchise, you're con, but we both kind of got a little soft spot for Golden Crust. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely got to go. We're going to have to do a go a whole episode to Golden Crust uh, in the future. Just to- yeah, maybe we'll do a uh, company review on them. Maybe they've they've had an interesting story. So. They really have had an interesting story. Uh, yeah. And for I'm, I would be very surprised if people in the audience didn't know what Golden Crust is. But just for people who may not be aware, uh, Golden Crust is. Yeah, I guess. Do we want to call it the McDonald's of the Caribbean <laughs> food world? Ooh, uh, let's not give them that. Let's not let's not tie them to McDonald's, but we'll say it's a Caribbean fast food um franchise. Edit me out, Sean. Edit me out. Edit me out. <laughs> edit that out. We don't want them to come for me. All right, so that's a wrap for this week's episode about franchising. Hopefully, you were able to pick up some information about what goes on behind the scenes to get one started. If you have questions you would like us to answer the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels. Or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. See you again soon. And in the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors.